Welcome to the December 20th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we will be going over Proverb 20, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. Lord, let them know how much you truly love each and every one listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 20, beginning in verse 1. Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. The wrath of a king is like the roaring of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger sins against his own life. It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. A king who sits on the throne of judgment scatters all evil with his eyes. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sin. Diverse weights and diverse measures, they are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Do not love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will be satisfied with bread. It is good for nothing, cries the buyer, but when he has gone his way, then he boasts. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take the garment of one who is surety for a stranger, and hold it as a pledge when it is for a seductress. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. Plans are established by counsel. By wise counsel, wage war. He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. An inheritance gained hastily at the beginning will not be blessed at the end. Do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will save you. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord and dishonest scales are not good. A man's steps are of the Lord. 
How then can a man understand his own way? It is a snare for a man to devote rashly something as holy, and afterward to reconsider his vows. A wise king sifts out the wicked and brings the threshing wheel over them. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and by loving kindness he upholds his throne. The glory of young men is their strength, and the splendor of old men is their gray head. Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart. Guest, I have a special friend with me today. This is a continuation of our testimony from last week on the 13th, so if any of you did not get a chance to listen to that, I would highly encourage you to listen to that podcast. Virginia Croy is a a new student to Kara. She's a first-year student, and she just has a marvelous testimony, and I really would encourage you to listen. And we're going to pick up where we did last week. Virginia, thank you for joining me again today. It's, It's nice to have you here. Well, thank you for having me, Bill. Um, A verse that really stood out to me when you were reading was uh, the verse that says, A man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? And that was something I didn't follow in growing up. Um, We didn't have a TV or radio. We didn't even get the newspaper. So we were isolated from everything. And in our church, they said that, God only talked to the men, and so we had to listen to them. We didn't have anything to compare to anything else. I didn't know there was other preaching or teaching out there. And so we followed what they had said, but yet they told us what God's will was. It was God's will to be separated from the world. It was God's will that we um, wear a certain garment, uh, have a certain look, and, and they were things we worked for God, and yet yet the scripture is very plain in saying that God orders our steps, that God uh, controls us because we don't even know um, our own heart. And so that was, uh, when, I, when God started reaching my heart, that was very freeing to know that I have to rely on him, that he uh, directs my steps and directs my ways. He's amazing God. I didn't believe that growing up. Well, Virginia, that is so good, and I am just going to make reference to this. Many of you probably know this, but when Jesus first was um, baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist, he immediately was drawn into the wilderness, and Satan met him there and tempted Jesus for 40 days. And Virginia, it seems to me that basically what you encountered as a young person growing up and even into your 30s and 40s, it's like you were brainwashed. And I just want to let people know that Satan knows Scripture as well. But what Satan does is he'll take a Scripture verse and he'll twist it in a way that is deceiving and it's deceitful. And that's kind of what your church and what you were taught 
did to you. You basically were brainwashed. Tell us, how did you basically escape that environment, and how did you have... Oh, gosh, what what am I trying to say? I know once you heard the truth, but how were you able to get out of that environment basically alive? <laughs> well, Bill, it was only by the grace of God. Um, our church, like I said, told us what God's will was. And we didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, we didn't even believe he was God. He was only the son of God. And they had told me that if I obeyed everything that they said in, in that church, because they had the truth, that nothing bad would ever happen to me. And one day I got sick. And um, I actually got crippled over. I was very, very sick. And we didn't go to doctors because we were told it wasn't uh, God's will for us to do that, that a man who trusted a man and made flesh his arm, that our hearts would depart from the Lord. And so I couldn't understand this, why I had kept every rule of that church, and yet I was sick. And so I would just question God, where are you? If you really exist, Lord, show me yourself. And one day he did. The Bible became alive on my lap. And I was so afraid that I put it down, and I kept saying I never read this before. And three days later, a voice spoke to me and said, read my word. And I said, who are you, Lord? Because I didn't understand, and and... And I said, well, the devil, he didn't take my life because I stayed out of the hospital. And so he is coming to deceive me. And the voice clearly spoke to me and said, the devil doesn't know my word to deceive you, only to accuse you. And so I pulled the Bible up on my lap and, and I was so afraid to read because I thought it would explode. But Instead, it just nourished me. I just couldn't stop reading. I read and read and read things I never saw. I understand now that God was opening up my mind and understanding and taking away that deceptive, uh, this, this deception of, of his word that was fed to me all my life. And he was now exposing really truth and uh, a way to him. And that was freeing. Wow, that is just so good. And I am going to try to maybe <laughs> reach a little bit with this, but I'm, I'm actually going to go back to Acts chapter 9. And um, Acts chapter 9 is Paul's conversion experience. And prior to chapter 9 of Acts, Paul was known as Saul of Tarsus. And up until that time, he had been a persecutor of Christians. He even had them jailed and often would even result in people getting killed. And it sounds like you had that same type experience because on the road to Damascus in chapter 9, and I would encourage anyone to read that entire chapter if you're not familiar with it, but basically a great light shone down from heaven and the spirit of Jesus encountered Saul, and he said, Saul, Saul, I mean, you know, and Saul said, who is this? Who is this? And he said, I am Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? And it sounds like you've had that same type of conversion experience. I guess I did. I, though I wasn't going around killing Christians, um, we just kept ourselves away from them and separating ourselves because we thought we had the truth 
and everyone else had a false doctrine. So if we would have talked with you or communicated with you in any way or ate with you, we would have been associating with a sinner. And so therefore, we were judging, which Jesus says we're not to judge. And for God to free me from that was amazing. Um, like Bill said earlier, I had uh, a, I, I was brainwashed, and but it was with twisted truth. And now Jesus Christ was setting me free with the real truth himself, his mercy, his love, his grace. That was powerful. And through that, he, he brought me out of that religion. He set my feet on a solid rock, so to speak. And um, I got shunned for that. I lost my family. Um, I lost friends. Uh, people wouldn't speak to me. They avoided me. But I knew I couldn't turn back. I, something had so happened inside me that, that filled me with joy, that just changed my life. And I knew I could not turn back to my old way. I had to keep pressing on and, and walk with the Lord. And that was powerful. Well, Virginia, that is so true. And, and I'm here to encourage anyone that has not found a faith-based church to go to church I'm going to make a scripture reference here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25. This is what it says. And it says, do not forsake assembling, which means we are to assemble. But furthermore, it is a wise word written to protect us. When we assemble as the body of Christ, we are to stir each other up in love and encourage one another in our faith. And, and Virginia, it seems like your church was encouraging people to assemble together, but not to hear the truth, not to hear the Word of God. So anyway, thank you for sharing. That testimony is just absolutely fantastic. But let's move on from here. I want to know how you, f how you came into contact with Andrew Womack, and when did you first hear about him, and how did you start this new journey that you're currently on? When I discovered that I had been lied to, that, that what I was being fed all my life wasn't the truth, I and God started healing me, I asked the Lord to please not let me hear anyone that told me a lie or twisted the truth in any way because I wouldn't have been able to discern at that time. I was so young in the Lord. And, and that was my daily prayer, that he would keep me and, and feed me just truth and not let me hear a, another lie because I didn't trust anyone. And one day... Um, as I said in the, uh, previously, we were not allowed to have a TV, but I knew that that wasn't right. And um, I wanted a TV to show my young son movies. I had some nature movies, and one day at a yard sale, I found a broken TV. And the man said he just had it out for parts. So I asked him if it would work for the movies, and he said, well, take it home and try it, and if not, just throw it away. Well, I took it home and hooked up my player, and sure enough, it worked. So I would show my son movies. I always put the movie in first and then turn on the TV. But one day, I turned the TV on first, and a man's voice was coming over, telling me how much God loved me and that he wanted me well. And I had never heard that. I always heard that if I didn't walk and 
carry out every rule that God was going to make me sick or something happened. God would punish me. And now this man's saying God loved me and wanted me well. And I just, I just couldn't get enough of that. And so I listened. There was no picture on the TV. It was just this man's voice. And so I um, quick put tape over my son's movies that covered up the hole so I could record. I threw the, the movie back into the player and I started recording and and the, I could just listen to it over and over. And the next day, same thing, just that man's voice coming over that TV. Nothing else ever, ever come over the TV, just him. And so uh, I knew God was giving me truth. I knew he was feeding me with his word. It was a miraculous, supernatural thing that happened that cemented into me that God will answer your prayer when you call out to him and he will protect you. He will guide you and, and, and through that, God started feeding me his word and, and making me understand he was truth. And it was just an amazing, incredible experience. And there I come out from, from my religion and, and embrace the truth of Jesus Christ. Wow, Virginia, thank you for sharing. And, and the person she's talking about is Andrew Womack. And here we find ourselves at Karis Bible College but I'm going to take a quick break. I want to make reference to this because some of you, if you are having issues with something in your body, I want to make a scripture reference from John, and it's actually found in 3 John, and 3 John is one of the few books in the Bible that only have one chapter. So if you look at verse 2, I want to make this perfectly clear because some of you, I think, sometimes are not quite sure what the will of God is. And this one verse encapsulates everything. 3 John, the second verse, says this. It says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So here, John is talking about your finances, and he is saying God is going to meet your needs. He wants you to have all your needs met and to be prosperous. And then he gets into the area of healing. He wants everyone to be in good health. And third is your soulish realm. This has to do with your soul, your personality, and that. And he is talking about that he wants that to be well as, as well. So anyway, that is such a powerful verse. But God wants us to be well in our finances, in our health, as well as in our soul. Virginia, you are now at Karis Bible College, and we've been here about five weeks of the 2022 fall year. How are you feeling about being here? And just tell us what you're thinking. You know, when I first came to know the Lord and he started feeding me with this truth, he, he broke so much bondage off of me that I thought I was free until I came here. And just sitting under that word for four straight hours it was amazing. He began to just clean the deep, deep recesses of my heart that I didn't even know were still tainted with lies from my past. And he just started bringing that stuff to the surface and cleaning me, filling me with joy and, and just overwhelming me with his goodness and his love. I, I don't want class to, to end. It's just amazing. I feel like someone pushed me up to a smorgasbord and, and I just can eat all day. 
it's just a joy and a pleasure. And the Bible tells us we don't even know our own hearts. And that's the truth. We don't know. And to, to just be able to sit in the, in the, under the word with these great teachers is just a joy and a pleasure because he's just bringing truth. He's making it alive, making it real and, and changing my life where I didn't even realize I still needed changed. And I am just so grateful and so joyful. And I just look forward to the rest of my time here to see what the Lord's going to continue to do in my life and change me and, and, and help me to walk in his light and his glorious truth without having to work for it. This is a pure joy and pure grace. Thank you, Jesus. And, and Virginia, I, for those of you who aren't in a habit of reading Scripture on a regular basis, I'm going to go to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and, and go over verses 16 and 17. And I often throw these two verses out because um, I, just last week I was playing golf with a guy and I asked if he read the Bible and he said, no, I don't really see any reason to read the Bible. Let me read these two verses to you. This is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And friends, I am here to encourage you, get into the Word of God. And I'm here to testify that if you read Scripture on a daily basis, or at least a regular basis, several times a week, your life will improve. I absolutely guarantee it. But Virginia, it's great that you're here, but it's even a better blessing that your daughter is here with you. How much does that mean to you? Oh, that means the world to me. I knew I couldn't give my children what I didn't have to give them. I, I was learning myself. And, and so when God called her to come out here first. He called her to Karis first. Uh, my heart was just overflowing and it was just so amazing. I never dreamt that he would put me out here too, but he's a loving God and he just gives us the desires of our heart. And, you know, I think that we need to, like Bill said, get into the word, but without the Holy Spirit, there's no understanding. And so I just beg of you to ask that Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and understanding as you read the word, to give you a desire for it, and it will radically change your life. I promise you that. He never lets you stay the same. He just brings you one step to the other, each step higher and higher to, in a, to a closer walk and relationship with him. You can't do it on your own. And that's what's beautiful. You don't even have to try. All you have to do is ask him to, to open up your understanding and he will. He'll be there to, to, to just walk through this with you. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. And he showed me how easy that was to just call out to him and he'll bring you out of that darkness without you struggling or trying on your own. It's beautiful. Wow, Virginia, you have so many insights, and I'm sure that everyone listening to this is being blessed. 
I want to ask you one question. I know that, you know, your husband is here with you. He brought you out here. He's found a job in the Springs, and he's working uh, while you're going to school and your daughter's going to school. But um, I know that you said he is changing and he's growing in the Lord. How important is that to you, and how important is being a Christian to helping your husband become one as well? Um, In the beginning, when I first came to know the Lord, my husband did fight me. But over the years, I have seen him change. And the Lord is working in his heart and bringing him into a closer walk with the Lord. He, he'll ask questions. He'll, he'll seek. And, and that's just a desire of my heart that we become as one in Christ and, and that uh, we walk with him. But, but I have to learn to sit back and let God do that work. And that's what's so important. And he, he says he will always work on us and, and perform that work till the day he comes. And, and so I'm, I'm just resting in Christ to, to finish that, to take us each day's a, a, a new day, each day's a new walk with him. And, and knowing that I don't have to change someone, I can't. I can't even, couldn't even change my own heart. But God is the heart changer. And now I can find joy and peace. I don't have to nag or, or be frustrated, but I can find joy and peace in knowing that the Lord will continue to change his heart. He will get the hearts and the lives of my children, and, and, and he is doing that. He, I can see a big difference in our lives just since we made this choice to, to go on to a deeper walk with him. Wow, you know, such, such good insights, and, and I'm hoping that you guys are really taking into um, account what Virginia is telling us. Virginia, I want to just throw this comment out there, that once you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you put God on top of anybody else. He is the only one we truly have need of. And then your spouse comes in after that. But what you have to do, and, and I know a lot of people, I've heard people over the years say this, is, is that you're praying that your spouse will be changed. And for those of you listening, if, if that's you, if you fall in that category, I invite you to change your paradigm and change your prayer, not that God would change your spouse, but that God would change you you are the one that needs to be changed and pray that God would work in your spouse. We are not in the business of changing people. You mentioned that. We cannot change people, nor should we try to change people. And I'm here to tell anyone listening today, we are all unique human beings. And if we have the audacity to think that someone has these errors Listen, God does not make mistakes. He knows exactly what he's doing in each individual human being. And it's okay to pray that God would change our hearts in certain things. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, Bill, I couldn't have put it any better than you did. And you are so right. You hit on such a profound truth because in the religion world, uh, legalism, all that, uh, we're told that, that and, and, and guided to pray for that person to, to just take them before the Lord. 
But I found that that didn't work at all. I had to stop praying that night. Instead, I would ask the Lord to humble me and change my heart. Um, when we would have an argument or something would go wrong, you know, your, your first tendency is to start praying for them. But I started asking God to change my heart, that he would walk with me. He would hold me. And then the true change came. He didn't just answer my prayer and, and start changing my heart. But then he reached out to touch my spouse. He reached out to touch my children. He, because he knows what everyone needs. He sees the heart. We don't. And so I just give you that advice to, to listen to what Bill has said to, we can't change anyone only Christ can. And so ask him to start the work in you first. You don't even have to ask for the other person. He just adds that on as a bonus. That's the joy of the Lord. Well, Virginia, I'm just going to thank you for coming on once again. And, you know, I am truly believing that lives will be changed into eternity because of these two weeks we've had with you. Just thank you, and I really would like to have you on again. As we do this, um, I know this is going to be December 20th, but in actuality, we are in the 29th of September. So I'm three months ahead in my podcast, but I'd like to have you on prior to the end of your first year just to see how much you've grown. And I'm here to let anybody know that's listening to this. Friends, Virginia uh, touched on this earlier today, but she sat there and she says, um, you know, you have to get closer to the Lord. I'm here to tell anyone that there is no such thing as a flat line when it comes to God. You're either drawing closer to Him each and every day, or you're falling back. But there is no such thing as standing stationary when it comes to God. And that's up to each and every individual listening to this today. Guys, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And if you truly want to get to know Him, the only way to really do that is to dive into the Word and take and just go out for it and throw yourself in and immerse yourself with it. And I know, I, I hesitate to say this, but I know many of you are reluctant to do that. I know it's real easy to say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Friends, your life hangs in the balance. Your life will change dramatically if you get into the Word of God. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Thank you, Virginia. I'm gonna ne I'll never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Friends, if there's anyone listening and you've never taken that step, I ask you to repeat a simple prayer after me today. God, thank you for sending Jesus to earth. Jesus, thank you that you came down to earth, and even though you were tempted just like we were, you chose not to sin. You set the example of how we are to live our lives, yet you were willing to die on a cross for everyone listening to this podcast today. You have forgiven each of us of all of our sins, and because of that, we are now in right standing with God. We have been made right with God, and because of that, He invites us to come to His heavenly throne and ask Him, for anything we have need of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you 
that you were willing to do that for me. I invite you into my heart. I ask you to come in and lead me and guide me as I navigate this daily life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if anyone said that prayer, please send me a quick email at billkelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, 0807 at protonmail.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.